This is the 5110 Podcast, and I'm your host, Travis Stockton. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Welcome back to another episode. I'm using a new microphone. I had a friend that loaned me a more professional microphone so I could test it out to see if it's worth spending the money on. Big thanks to William Ott for allowing me to borrow the Yeti Blue microphone. A lot to kind of discuss, talk about today that I'd love to share with you guys. Books are one of my favorite things to collect. I think I collect more than I read by far. And uh, so I have a number of books I'd love to sit down and just read through. I've always joked about wanting to take a year off of just working and just spend time reading and writing and responding to books and stuff. But since I don't have that flexibility in my bank account or my time schedule, I figured that the easier way to do it would be to read just a little bit at a time and share what I'm learning about. This Momentary Marriage by John Piper is the first book I'd like to talk about. It's a book that from a personal perspective, does a really good job of challenging me as a husband. It reminds me of a biblical viewpoint of marriage and does a really great job of pointing me to Christ as my hope for marriage. There's one specific chapter that I really love called um, Forgiving and Forbearing that has a section called The Compost Pile. I highly, highly recommend reading that portion of it. From a pastoral counseling perspective, I've read a lot of books on marriage. I took in my undergraduate, I took a class on uh, premarital counseling and uh, read a number of books. Of them all, there were two or three that I have used in the past as homework assignments for premarital counseling. And this book, This Momentary Marriage, does a good job of blending a lot of those same ideas into one book. The chapters are smaller, so they're easier to assign for homework, but they're quality enough that as you read that chapter, it gives you a lot to think about. I'm about five or six chapters into the book, so I haven't completely finished the book, so I can't give a full-blown endorsement of it, but what I have read so far is quality material. The other book I am reading right now is Suffering by Paul David Tripp. This is a book that deals with the other side of the spectrum in terms of like pastoral counseling. With premarital counseling, you get the high energy, excited, future oriented counseling. With suffering, whether it's addictions or loss of life, you deal with the immediate here and now, uh, low energy suffering aspect of pastoral counseling. Paul Tripp's book on suffering is so far doing a really good job of emphasizing the need for empathy, the need for understanding of the person's situation, which is really hard. Maybe part of the reason why some pastors have described that they don't enjoy pastoral counseling. But it is a good text. It points people to Christ. The text is a little less personable. It doesn't feel like it's a conversation between two people about a specific topic. However, the content is worth reading. I've enjoyed Paul David Tripp as an author and the material seems to be quality so far. 
I am only in probably three or four chapters into that book at the moment. So again, I can't recommend it without fully reading it, but it seems to be a decent book so far. John Piper's book, This Momentary Marriage, is available for free in a digital format, a PDF format. You can get that from Desiring God's website. I'll try to remember to post the link in the description of this podcast. Okay, let's move on to another free resource that I've come across. It's provided by Gutenberg.org. It's a book by Isaac Watts, who was a very popular and famous hymn writer, as well as a Christian minister and poet. He wrote a book called The Psalms of David, David imitated in the language of the New Testament and applied to the Christian state and worship. It's a breakdown of a number of the Psalms of David that he puts into his own verbiage, his own vernacular. And so I thought I would give you a taste of what this text is like. So here is Psalm 23. It's one of three different versions he gives in this book. Psalm 23. God, our shepherd, my shepherd is the living Lord. Now shall my wants be well supplied. His providence and holy word become my safety and my guide. In pastures where salvation grows, he makes me feed. He makes me rest. There living water gently flows and all the foods divinely blessed. My wandering feet his ways mistake, but he restores my soul to peace and leads me for his mercy's sake in the fair paths of righteousness. Though I walk through the gloomy veil, where death and all its terrors are, my heart and hope shall never fail, for God my shepherd's with me there. Amidst the darkness and his deeps, thou art my comfort, thou my stay. Thy staff supports my feeble steps, thy rod directs my doubtful way. The sons of earth and sons of hell gaze at thy goodness and repine to see my table spread so well with living bread and cheerful wine. How I rejoice when on my head thy spirit condescends to rest. Tis a divine anointing shed, like oil of gladness at a fet feast. Surely the mercies of the Lord attend his household all their days. There will I dwell to hear his word, to seek his face and sing his praise. This is by Isaac Watts, provided by Gutenberg.org. Again, I'll post this as well with a John Piper link in the description of the podcast below. So you have some free resources to dig into, a couple books worth looking at, but there's one book worth constantly spending time in, which obviously is the Bible. So I thought I would take a little time to delve into Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Probably not an in-depth study by any stretch of the imagination, but at least a little bit of scripture will encourage us to seek after that clean heart and a right spirit. So, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 1 of Galatians. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, 
If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul, as in every one of his other writings, has a lot to say in a very short time period. And everything that is written seems to be so densely packed with theology. But there's a lot here, and obviously I, I don't have time to try to preach a whole sermon on this. So just a few thoughts. First, he deals with clarifying where his authority comes from. It's from Christ. He is an apostle through Jesus Christ and God the Father. He repeatedly points out that he's not trying to please man, but is instead a servant of Christ. Paul's authority is derived from Christ and Christ alone. Paul's goal and objective in life is not to please man, but to please God. And in order to do that, Paul then defends the gospel in this passage by pointing the church in Galatia back to the original gospel that he provided them. A gospel that spoke of God the Father raising Jesus Christ from the dead. So two topics. One, he's defending that his authority comes from God and not man. That he's trying to please God and not man. And secondly, that there is only one gospel and it has not changed whatsoever. My gospel speaks of a salvation that comes only through belief, through faith in Christ and his death and resurrection for our salvation and the hope of eternal life that comes with his conquering death. This is our salvation. This is what Paul points them to. Our salvation comes from God the Father who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And it's so easy to forget this. It's so easy to think that somehow we could be saved by stockpiling resources in the middle of a pandemic or making sure that our financial resources are in order or that the stock market eventually can be played in such a way to get us the resources we need in the future. None of that will save us. We can't be saved by watching the latest conspiracy video. We can't be saved by knowing what the local government is going to do. We can't be saved by the local government. We can't be saved by the federal government. Eventually, all of us will die. All of us. Every last one. And the only way to be saved is simply by believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So no matter how much food you have in the freezer or on the shelves, no matter how many guns you have stockpiled up, no matter how many resources you have, your salvation comes from the Lord. So believe and stop worrying about so many other things. Stop worrying about the pandemic. Stop worrying about what the government is doing. Instead, embrace the fact that you are a representative of the gospel, a defender of the gospel. And as a Christian, you are sent by God to be his representative. That you're sent here to please God, not man. That your authority comes from God. This is what we need to focus on. And I 
a hundred times more guilty than probably anyone listening to this of falling into these traps of believing that I can somehow be saved by the food I have in my pantry or by having the right resources or maybe even just having the right information. I got caught up for a long time just listening to every uh, news briefing, every podcast, everything I could get my hands on in terms of what was happening with this pandemic. And then eventually I got to the point where I was burnt out. I was depressed. I was, I noticed that my soul was just weary. So I turned off the news. I picked up my Bible and I spent more and more time in scripture and found that I didn't need to hear the news. I didn't need to have all my ducks in a row. I just needed to focus in on who God was calling me to be and what he wanted of me and how to please him because it's all that really matters. This last week news came out of Ahmad Arbery's death. Now, I don't know all the circumstances or the situations that preceded this event, but I do know that a life was lost and all life is precious, including Ahmad's. It seems to have been an act of racism and man, my heart broke. Every life is precious. And no matter what skin tone your skin is, you're still made in the image of God. This news was heartbreaking. One, because Ahmad couldn't save himself. He was outnumbered, he was outgunned, quite literally. Both men had a gun and he had no guns. But also because there are two men who are unable to save themselves from their own sin. They weren't jailed until the public outcry became so great that they had to be jailed. But even if they had gone to their graves with no legal recourse for their actions, they still, in the end of life, would have been confronted by God himself. And had this event never happened, they still would have had all of their sin from the past to answer for. Scripture says that we're all sinners, that there is not one without sin, that Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But just shortly after that, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If we're all guilty of sin, and the wages of sin is death, then we're all going to die an eternal death. But then there's that gift, the gift of eternal life in Christ our Lord. And herein is the hope that Christians have, eternal life and can be saved. And in that hope of eternal life and acknowledging that Christ has died for our sins, we also find freedom from our sin. We can let go of the hatred, we can let go of the racism, and we can embrace Christ, who in Scripture, in John, is defined as love. God is love. Racism, hatred, it's a heavy burden to bear. It's a sickness, a weight in the soul. But you don't have to carry it around with you. You can be cured of it simply by accepting the gift of God Jesus Christ through faith 
That does it for this episode of 5110. Until next time, grace and peace.